0: All right, so for our first topic of the day, we'll be reviewing Chelsea's win over Burnley. Um, Quite an impressive win, if you ask me. Uh, I didn't think we would come into this game and score three uh, without conceding any and controlling the game. Um, So for me, there were some very positive signs. Um, How
1: did you see it, Jackie? I thought it was a very composed game. Um, I think they played very well. Um, I, at times, you can still see there's a little bit of a defensive um, question, questionability. But overall, I think they're improving game after game after game. And this was a, a nice game. The one downside that I did see from this game is Christian Pulisic injured again.
0: Yeah, that was that was um, hard to see during the warm-up. And I think Lampard said it's going to be it's not as bad as they thought it would be, but it's still going to be a few weeks. Yeah,
1: and and I don't want to so. focus on him for too long, but it's it's turning out to be shades of Robin again, where you yeah. have a fantastic player who plays a couple of games here and there, and then is injured for a few weeks here and there, and you don't really get to see him consistently perform at his best.
0: Yeah, and I mean I know Lampard's been doing a good job with um, easing him him back into. Games and giving him the time that he needs and not rushing him back, but it just seems like um, that ha- hamstring that you know initially he injured and in that FA Cup final um, just keeps to Keep keeps bothering him. Yeah, but yeah, I think the the game, as we said, was was very good and Lampard started with two number eights in midfield and Conte as the DM, yeah. which is what you and I and mainly you been asking for for the um so I think that was a good positive change to the to the last uh few weeks that we've seen in terms of being a little more tight defensively I
1: think I think Um, it's my favorite formation so far with the players that we have it allows you, you know Kai to have a little more space a lot more room to operate And then, of course, you've got the workhorse rate of Mason Mount, which I think Kovacic can do that, but Mount just brings a little bit extra energy to the midfield. And honestly, for me, you've put N'Golo Kante in his best position, which is just breaking up play and releasing it to some of the more creative players up front.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think um, this game kind of Brought to fruition the last few weeks of nil-nils we've been seeing in terms of, you know, we've been good defensively um, and then attacking wise, we've been a little misfiring, but this game kind of summed it all up in a a good way that we
1: kept the clean sheet,
0: but we also went ahead and scored three times.
1: So speaking of clean sheets, what are your thoughts on, I'll bring up two names over here, Thiago Silva and and then uh, Edu Mendy.
0: Um, I mean, I both of them have been positive and, and, and bright additions to the first team. Um, I think the first Burnley attack um, in the first, I want to say, first 20 minutes, you know, the ball got lobbed over the defense and it was kind of Ashley Barnes against mm-hmm. Mendy. Um, and I texted you saying if that was Keppa, that would have been a goal. <laughs> yep. um, so I think it's just just the overall... Calmness and, and he's a big guy, so I think when attackers go one on one with him and look up and see him kind of bearing down, they almost panic yeah. in a way that we didn't see when Keppa was in there and, and they would just kind of round it or, or just slide it through yeah. under him. Um, so no, I've been very impressed with Mendy, um, he, especially in that Manchester United game, he he earned us those points, uh, that point that we got out of it. Um, and then Silva took some time like we we thought he would um you know he had been with PSG for till the end of you oh, know till mid August yeah. i think it was when the Champions League final was and then he went away and came back and um made that mistake at West Brom and i think Lampard's been good in terms of kind of easing him him back into the lineup and not kind of just taking him for the Champions right. League games and bringing him back to the Premier League so i think managing him and getting him to um, calm the defense and calm Zuma next to him and, and uh, Conte in front of him just brings an overall kind of sense of um, relief yeah. to the team. And then I, I one thing I would want to add is towards the end of the first half or even at the beginning of the second half, Burnley were kind of coming on to us and you could see that he knew what to do in that position, which was – kind of hold on to the ball, take that sting out of the game from Burnley's game and, and kind of get us the advantage again, which some of our other defenders might have panicked mm-hmm. Um and, you know, which would have led to a, an equalizer before the halftime or, or right after halftime. So for me, I, I think those two have been great. Um And playing Conte in that
1: DM position is it's yep. critical yep. too. Yeah, I think he brings a, a stability that the team needed, both him and Mendy. And I yeah. think at uh, you know, this day and age, getting a goalkeeper in for $22 million, especially somebody who's going to change the outlook of your season, was very, very good business. He's come on Petr Cech's recommendation, so that's been great. And although um, Thiago Silva is going to be short-term at the age of 36, I think he's looking prime. He's looking fit. He's definitely brought some much-needed experience to the younger centre-backs we've had. Um, and I'm sure it pulls into, you know, you look at Ben Chilwell on the left, who's 22, 23. You look at Reese James on the right, who's 21, 22. So definitely bringing some stability and age and experience to to the group. And um, I think that frees up the, the players up front, the creative players, who we'll talk about in a minute, to not worry about looking behind and worried about what's going to happen when you've got a nice spine starting up from Mandy, Silva. Uh, Zuma's been great. Uh, and then you've got Kante in front of them. You, you know you're covered. And and you know, it allows them to go forward and do what they're good at.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um and and just to give a shout out to someone that we didn't think would be playing in that eight position next to or just a little bit ahead of Conte was Havertz, which in this game you could see that he was coming back and, and using his body and kinda of trying to win the ball off of the the Burnley players. Um which is something that I personally didn't think or associate with him, you know. I thought he'd be more for kind of let me do the attacking piece and then not worry about um, coming back and winning the ball. But I think in this system, his his contribution defensively um, is equally important as yeah. what he does. In attacking.
1: And I think I, I don't want people to think that you know, coming from Germany, scoring goals for fun. You know, the Premiership is different. The formation is different. Um, so definitely having that link up play and doing your defensive duties, but. You, you could blink and think it's Lampard and Balak playing next to each other with Mountain and, and Right Havers together. And I think it's a good it's a good balance. Um I don't know what this means long term for some of the other midfield players because uh, as good as Jorginho starts the season, he's it's kind of typical Jorginho where he starts to uh, give away the ball and you know loses a little bit of the pace. So that's gonna be interesting long term to see what we're doing there. Um but another another fun name that's started now in his second game and his first full start in the premiership is Hakim Ziyech is one that we signed very, very early on. Uh, Starting to look uh, pretty good, I would say, in this game. Controlled a lot, had the ball, and scored the opening goal.
0: Yeah, no, he's been... I I didn't think he would be starting the Champions League game, um, but he did and and played well and and got his first goal, which I think added to his confidence to come into the Burnley game. and, And he was very good, controlled... The game was was part of everything positive we did, so I think he's been um, he's been very good, and he can only yeah, get better. Absolutely,
1: and of course, Timo warner con- con- contributing with a goal. What are your thoughts on him?
0: I've I've liked him, um, you know. I I personally would like to see him play as the main right. striker, um, but I know in this game he wasn't even going to start so he he was kind of a late addition to the to the first eleven and and he he can do a job on the wing so that was fine too. Um but you know, I like him. I think he should be taking up penalties <laughs> too. Um and you know I think the team's gelling in the sense that all the new players are now kind of getting to know each other. Um and apart from that know some of the guys that are have been in the squad since yeah. last year. Or previously, like Tante and and, and, and Lecoteau when he plays. Um, and the biggest thing for me has been Lampard's shown that he can or he has the potential to fix some of the issues that us fans have been crying out for since the second half of last season, which was we've got to fix the defense. We've got to fix our our positioning as a team when we're defending. Um and he's brought in the players and then he, he realized at the at the beginning of this season after the Southampton game that it's gonna be more of a shape and more of a of a um team positioning change. So for me that's been a positive that he's he's realizing and, 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 and learning kinda of on the job. Um which is
1: which is something that would help him, you know, as we go on further into right. the season. So one player we haven't talked about which uh it's the whole reason that spurred the, you know, the rejuvenation of this podcast was a controversial comment from me is uh, Tammy Abraham.
0: So, you know, he was our (laughs) top
1: scorer last season. He started very, very well. um, And I have to give him credit where credit is due. Um, But somewhere along the season, he started to kind of cool off a little bit and and that's normal with a young player as a lot of games, a lot of pressure comes in. Um, And then of course COVID hit, they took a little break. And after the break, Olivier Giroud was was fantastic. You know, didn't put a foot wrong, scored in almost every other game, led the line really, really well. Uh, obviously, we brought Werner in to be a different type of center forward and you want an alternative center forward. Um, but, you know, Giroud came on after Tammy played, I think it was 70, 80 minutes. And within minutes, he's scoring. Obviously, he was offside, but he brings that different goal threat that I've not seen from Tammy Abraham for several months. And I made a comment to you, and obviously we don't want to be player haters because we're not sitting out there playing the game like they are. But I would say why not sell Tammy Abraham at a 50, 60 million because I don't don't rate him as a long-term forward for Chelsea. I think he's okay. I think he's a decent backup. But I think at his age and people think he can give enough to a team, then why would we not sell him and make that money and invest it in somebody else? And as a backup, I'm definitely still a very big fan of Olivier Giroud.
0: I, I mean I I I get what you're where you're coming from and Tammy was like you said good first half of last season then picked up an injury and you know was in and out of form and eventually with covid and everything he just kind of kind of went off went off the bubble um but I think long term I mean he's only 23 last season was his first full season in the Premier League and comparing him to Giroud for me is a little harsh because Giroud has been there and done, you know, done it all pretty much. I mean, I, and I know he hasn't won the Premier League, but he's won the World Cup with France. He's won um, the FA Cup and Europa League with us. Um, so, I understand wanting Giroud to kind of be ahead of Tammy, but I also, like I said to you over over texting, was um, Tammy hasn't signed a new contract yet. Um, And so I think Lampard's trying to show him that, you know, you are part of my plans and I do want you in this team and I do want you to perform um, and I'm giving you these opportunities to do that. And I I, yeah, he didn't score, but I think he did come deeper a lot, which allowed space to open up um, for some of the other guys like Havertz to run in or or Mount to run in or Ziyech or Werner. So he did a lot of off right. the ball stuff that I think, um, and I'm not saying Giroud right. wouldn't do off the ball stuff. He obviously would. He's he's great at linking up and and kind of attracting defenders. But I think long term, beyond just this season, I think Tammy um, can become what you know what we want him to be, which is a, a, a goal scoring number nine, which he showed us in a brief few months last year. And I think Giroud's gonna leave it right. after this season i don't know i don't know i don't see at 34 if how he gets another contract or why he even stays cuz he could easily come to america he could go to another team in the premier league like a west ham or crystal palace um and get more playing time so um i don't know i i i don't think we should be selling tammy but i mean if an offer comes in and it's it's really something that that makes chelsea um you know, go, oh, we'll take that, then
1: I would understand yeah, I see your point. that. It's, uh, I would say it's, sh- I hate to use this because it's very early on, obviously, but it's, it's shades of Didier Drogba, right? Tall, big, strong, center forward, didn't do heavy in the goal scoring in his first couple of seasons with Chelsea, right? Uh right. And then something clicked and, and it was goals after goals after goals, especially in big games. And I think that's what I'm trying right. to look for with, with Tammy Abraham is some consistency, even if it's the link-up play, then then so be it but let's see it on a consistent level and now you've got obviously right. um Timo Werner who can lead the line very very different um but there're going to be games where we're looking for a tall big strong center forward to connect with headers and hold up the you know the ball and if he does that consistently when he right. plays then maybe we can change my mind
0: Yeah no I think I think that will come and he brings a different kind of element to the team when he plays which is being more of a presence but also like I said coming I, I don't know how many times I saw him coming towards the midfield um to mm-hmm. kind of maybe just play a pass or just you know bring in the, the center backs with him so that gives some of the other guys some space to go in so um it's almost like a I don't want to compare him to that but like a mm-hmm. Firmino kind of situation where uh, the goals aren't the only thing I mean if we were judging Firmino on goals. We'd be like, right, he needs right. to go, 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 you know, go lower in the, in the, in one of the, the leagues. But um, I think Tammy has time. He's 23. He's English. Um, he's, you know, he's been a Chelsea lad since, since his younger days. And um, the competition for places in the squad now kind of forces everyone, not just Tammy. I mean, everyone to, to up their game, especially right. when we're winning games. Um so like a Jorginho or Kovacic or, or Emerson or Alonso, whoever Lampard wants to play. Um, and you can kind of see that when Espelicueta and James alternate games, um, not to kind of go off off the Tammy subject, but just going on the competition of places. Both of them are right back or right center back in, in Espelicueta's case mm-hmm. when we play a back 3 You've been solid. Um, so... You know, I think Tammy's got to take this in his stride and, and kind of say, if I want to be in this team and I want to be that number nine, then I got to obviously add some goals to to the the positive play. That yeah, he's and that's a good point because
1: we are, you know, last season we were a little bit light on players and squad. We do have a, you know, a very big squad now, in-depth squad. Obviously, there's some players that still need to be moved on because there's just no room uh, with the bubble. Plus, just in general, we just have a lot of players that are not, I'm not going to make it into the first yeah. squad, but that's a good point. We have a lot of football. There's going to be a lot of faces to see, um, and maybe we, we'll see more of Tammy Abraham taking his chances and in, in some of the games he gets, specifically around goals and maybe holding up play and things that we want to see from him and go from there. Yeah. So I, that's that. Yeah, the but I want to give a, a shout out to Big Happy Zuma. It's uh, three goals in seven Premier League games, and that was a that was a bullet header. <laughs> That was that was my favorite goal. Got us uh, up and running and moving a little bit of uh, um, breathing room with that second goal. Um, obviously, you know, Hakeem had yeah. opened up the scoring, but that was a really, really nice goal from him.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I still don't want to be too critical, but sometimes when Zuma is playing a pass in the back line, like, you know, or just coming out of the, the center back position into midfield, I get a little like nervous um, and that's nothing to do with um, not me, not trusting him, but I just feel like he tries to do a little right. too much sometimes. Um, and that's where Silva would be, you know, talking to him obviously during the game, but hopefully in tr- in training too, and kind of just giving him tips to, to be a little more calm and not, not try to force it. Um, but yeah, that header was, was, was excellent. I mean, just kind of didn't give
1: any Burnley player any
0: room to. Yeah, and I think and get it's helpful to have,
1: you know, when there's like we stick on Tammy, for example. But even it's Werner's first season, and Pulisic is out injured, and Zayik's first season, Havert's first season. You're looking for people to goals, and normally you put pressure on these these guys. It's nice to get a little bit less pressure if your your center backs and defenders are helping out with goals just to keep in the right direction. And yeah. hey, a, a clean sheet. I, I I get what you're saying with him because I, I do see that he's got the tendencies to have some mistakes in him. But I will say I've never seen any center back have mistakes like David Luis did. <laughs> and we stuck <laughs> with him for several years. Hell we even bought him back. Um because there is that something extra to Zoom. I still remember from last season when he went on his his run against Ajax doing his step overs and try to score a goal. Obviously he didn't finish it, but I think there is something to him so, I mean, on that topic, obviously, we're we're talking more about the players than just the the results of the game. But um, who who is the best center back pairing then? Because obviously, Thiago Silva has been brought in to stabilize ship, which it seems it's it is working. Um, who's the better better or best center back pairing? Because he did start with Christensen uh, early on, and Christensen made some mistakes, got a red card, and we haven't seen Christensen since. We thought. Uh, he was going to go out and loan, didn't go on loan. He wanted to stay and fight first place. We thought Rudiger was frozen out, uh, came back in midweek. So who's the best center back pairing then?
0: I mean, just going off of the the last few weeks and and the results that have followed, I would say Silva right. and Zuma. Um, Christensen, for me, he's he had that whole season under Conte. He's He's been in and around the team since... I think that was the 16, 17 season. So it's been almost four years, five years now. Um, and I don't know. He's. I I don't want to say he's you know we've if there's a weakling in in the five that's him but, um, I don't know. I don't I don't think he can he handles the pressure well. Um. And for me, I think, you know, if we were to say in January who's got to go, then um, I would say Christian should be the one. Yeah. 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 I mean, Tamori, I think it's kind of a weird situation with him because he started so well last year, was in the team, doing well. I think it was an injury that took him out. And then since then, like since January, I want to say he's just not. And I don't know. It's not that he's.
1: He's not done anything wrong, right? He's just he's just not gonna look in.
0: No. Right. Yeah, he hasn't. And then he did against I think it was when Christensen got yeah. sent off against Liverpool, he brought Tomori on. And yeah. Tomori was pretty good. I mean he you know, he we were at a disadvantage because we were down to ten, but he didn't show any signs of of you know, being not match fit or not having that sharpness yeah. from not playing for so long. Um so, yeah, I, th- I mean, I think Tamori is one for the future in that, you know, with the guys that we have right now, uh, he's just got to learn and, and take the opportunities that come his way. But those opportunities aren't coming. So that's, I mean, if I had to ask Lampard a question, that might be it is, you know, what's, what's how does Tamori right. break into the squad? Um, and then Rudiger, I think being out of the squad and being frozen out, um, and no, not getting his move away from, from Chelsea has um, almost like maybe made him feel that it's just better to put his right. head down and work harder than just kind of just be on the sidelines and wait another two months and then hope a team comes in for you. Um, and that, I mean, he looked pretty good in the Champions League game. Now, I know it was just one game and, and we were we were the better team, but um, I think there yep. will be opportunities for him and, and Zuma is the first choice with Silva, but with Silva's age and and the games that will come not just um, next month after the international break but going into Christmas, there will be games for rudiger to to come in so he's just gotta train well and play well when he gets his chance and he could you know maybe yeah. even take some responsibility you know
1: Silva is 36 he could get an injury at his age you know. Um, and he's also yeah. not the long-term solution. So Frank Lampard needs to be thinking, is Silva going to go play till 37? Maybe. I don't know. He may be fit and continue. But in his head, you go out and spend another, you know, in this this day and age in this market to get a really good center back. You're looking at 50, 60, 70 upwards of up to almost a hundred million. I've heard, I mean, they paid 80 million for, for Harry Maguire and that doesn't look very good. So, um uh, you don't know. And if you've got <laughs> Christensen and you've got Tamori and you've got Rüdiger, you may sell a couple. I get that, but you you may want to look in inside before you go outside and spend money looking for another center back. So um yeah, it's a big it's a big long season. So definitely they'll get you know more chances and then from there obviously we can see long term. Um I, I am on the fence with Christensen. I don't I don't necessarily think he's a, a bad center back, obviously. Your statements are very accurate. And he's been around a long time. He's played a lot of football for us, sometimes in and out, depending on the manager. Um, but if he's making mistakes on, at a consistent level um, or he's shaky at a consistent level, then he's at the age of 25 or 26. He's reaching his prime or peak. Is he going to get any better? And if the answer is no, maybe that's time to move him on, get as much profit as you can off the contract, uh, and then try and invest it somewhere else in, in, in the squad.
0: Yep, totally. And, and Christensen's well, still young. At it shows how long true, he's been so. around them because
1: we've heard his team forever, so...
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, so think- any other uh, feedback from the game that you watched? Because I thought overall it was good. We've talked about the players. Uh, any man of the match for you?
0: <laughs> um, For me, I mean, it would be Ziyech scored the first one, assisted another one. I believe it was... Um, yeah. I think it was the third one, even though it was a pen. Um but yeah, I think Ziyech has been good and I and, and I'm excited to see more of him. Um I guess when everyone's fit it's gonna be um I he's still gonna be yeah. playing on that right. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be playing on that right hand side, but kinda coming in and doing his thing. And one thing I noticed was he is always looking for that runner. And I, I don't know if you remember, but he put in a ball for Chilwell, um, which he didn't get to, Chilwell didn't get to, but it was that vision that, you know, he has that I, I look forward to seeing more of. Um, so, yeah, no, I it's, it's been, I know we were a little frustrated with the, the, the nil nil games we had, but I think we've used those and, and kind of built upon them. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to see what we do on Wednesday, uh, and then again against Sheffield um, to kind of close out this this round of fixtures before we go on the much. Yeah, it's good to go breaks. with a couple of
1: um, you know wins in a row just to build the team confidence before yeah. they go away again. Because you're getting into a rhythm, kind of selecting the first team in several games. Obviously, there'll be a couple of players in and out depending on the games because we're almost playing two games a week at this point. Um, but you know, for me, one player who I did not rate last season, and I'll say this really quick, this season is, um, my man of the match was Mason Mount, um, the running that he does, the work rate that he does, like it's easy to see why Frank Lampard likes him. He, uh, sometimes he's not the prettiest player on the ball, but it, it makes a lot of sense to have him in the squad just for the, for the effort that he brings and the stability that he brings with the amount of work he's bringing to the team. So.
0: No, I, I agree with you. I just think Lampard should yeah. play him in that position where he played in, in midfield versus kind of putting right. him out on the, on, on the wing. Um, and that takes away from some, some of the creativity that some of these other guys can bring. And so that's the only comment So like one that. of the
1: things that we've done in the um, past, and obviously this will be our first podcast, is uh rating of where we think Chelsea will finish the season. So even though we're seven games in, decent results here and there, a couple of poor results here and there, where do you think we'll finish in the table?
0: Um, so if you would ask me this question <laughs> I many, I did. <laughs> three weeks
1: ago, I would have
0: – which you did, right? Um, I was not feeling good about our chances mm-hmm. for, for top four. Um, but having seen the improvements and having seen – um, some of the guys gelling together and and working together, um, and now we're currently sitting in seventh with um, right. you know a point behind Everton, who's sitting fourth. Um, and we have, I want to say, maybe the third best goal difference mm-hmm. in the top seven, which wasn't the case last year. I we were at the, the bottom, bottom last year. We had almost yeah. yeah almost a, yeah. a, a, a break even goal difference. So. I think we're headed in the right direction and, and we've got to keep that up and I want to say based on that that top four is a, a real opportunity. Um, I d- don't know about getting a trophy but an FA Cup to go with. with yeah, I'm not expecting be a nice. trophy by
1: any means. Um, I don't know if we'll make it to finals. There, seem, there still seems to be a lack of ruthlessness about us. I think there are many, many exchanges you and I have had where we said we want that that third goal, that fourth goal, just to put a team to bed. Um, and I'm not seeing that just yet, so I'm not necessarily yeah. expecting a trophy, but a decent season where I think we're going to be fourth. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I think uh, last year Man United scraped into third. We should have we should have sealed that. Um, and so this year, if we are we're going through, I would like to retain the fourth position, play Champions League, obviously the finances that come with that, um, and then kind of go from there.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I and I know a lot of pundits and a lot of fans would say, "Well, that that's not improvement from last season." But um, I know it, it in a way it is, and in a way it isn't. So we'll just have to see how things go, and 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 um, there's still yeah. thirty one games more to go. I think that's a, that's a so, good point.
1: But if we finish fourth with a better goal difference, uh, closer in points, I think we were what twenty five, twenty six points. Away from the top two. Yeah. So if you're, yeah. Yeah. and I don't want to put us out back and say oh, we're 15 points away, but if we're up there in the race, challenging, and not giving away, you know, points to teams that we know we should be beating with the squad that's been invested in, uh, with the manager that has the potential to play elegant football and get goals, we just have to do better. If we finish fourth, it's, and uh, it's Chelsea Football Club, so it's not good enough. We always want to be competing for the Premier League, but it's that opportunity to close the gap, show that there's been massive improvements, and then, you know, the faith in Lampard can be continued for another season and build upon that. Yep. All right. I think the only other segment we are planning on doing for this particular podcast is a blast from the past. Um, So I know this is one of our first podcasts and we're doing it, trying to figure out all the formatting and everything, but do you have a player that you want to talk about, about a blast from the past?
0: I actually do and I know we've spoken about him in the past but um for our listeners I would like to bring them back to I believe it was 2005 when we signed him from Manchester City <laughs> for about 24 million um and at that time that was that was like signing someone for yep. 80 or 90 million um and this is Mr. Sean Wright-Phillips. Um you know he came in from Manchester City um, joined Jose Mourinho's squad where we had, at that point, Duff, Robin, um, kind of lighting it up on the wings, and, and we brought in, uh, him for, for big money, and everyone in the media was like, you know, Chelsea are ruining football or whatever. Um, but, yeah, Sean Wright Phillips came in, and, and um, I wouldn't say he broke into the first team, but he definitely put in some good performances and, and was a great squad player um, and I still remember his couple of goals away to West Ham when we were fighting for the league with Manchester United um, and it was a, we it was a Wednesday 10, night game um, yeah something like that and and he kind of popped up with a bunch of goals and one us the game um, and so you know he's he's one that I kind of remember um, for good reasons Um, And he's now, um, so after Chelsea, he returned back to Manchester City in 2008. Um, Three years later, he joined QPR um, and stayed there till 2015, uh, where he joined New York Red Bulls um, and his brother Bradley Wright Phillips. Um, And then two years later, he joined. Phoenix Rising FC, which is another Chelsea connection through um, Didier Drogba, who's a part owner there. Um, And so Sean Wright Phillips played there for two years and finally called his retirement last year in um, August 2019, at the age
1: of of 37. Frustrating players to play for us because you could see a lot of potential with the (laughs) speed, the pace, the talent that he came for big money, but he was also. A high performer the year before at Manchester City, so it was very difficult to watch him try to figure out not only coming to a team that was playing for the Premier League, because at the time, if you if you remember, Manchester City was more closer to the relegation battle than you know challenging for the top, and and he right. he definitely had some good performances, but struggled for the consistency, and I think the pressure of a uh, Damien Duff and Aaron Robin and and a Joe Cole was very, very hard to to keep up with. Because I think back then, Joe Cole had a lot of pressure from Jose Mourinho, but was really, really able to live up to that and, and fight it down.
0: Yeah, definitely. And a fun fact that Sean Wright Phillips did not score a single goal in his wow. 39 appearances that in his, his first like season.
1: Torres. <laughs> <laughs> so I have one for you. And I don't know if many people remember this guy playing for us. Um, but it's a certain gentleman by the name of Khalid bula Um So um, th- this is an interesting one because he was signed in 2006 um, from Hamburg. And it was interesting because he was actually playing for the Dutch national team in the 2006 World Cup. Um, and I thought he performed well. I thought he was actually really nice to watch. and I was interested to see him with his strength and his Um, versatility in centre-back, right-back, wherever you need him to play. And interestingly enough, Chelsea went for him and purchased him. And uh, it was not a good season. I think he had several poor performances. (laughs) I remember, you know, clearly Ronaldinho uh, putting him flat while he walked by him and was just giving him a tour of time. His career kind of went Uh, astray after that he wasn't playing as many games excuse me fell a little bit out of the the favor of the Dutch national team as well all in all he played uh, 20 games for us 13 being in the Premier League which is quite low for a player that just come from from a from a Dutch uh, national team that was doing very well and several games almost every single game for Hamburg the season before he was quickly sold within one season but uh, I always like saying the name Khaled Boulogos and He's my blast from the past.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's a good shout. Um, I remember when he played. I think it was a Champions League game, and um, put in a couple of tough challenges on, on Ronaldinho, and I was like, "All right, he's gonna, you know, he's got him." And then the rest of the game, that's, that's all I remember.
1: Ronaldinho showed him how to play football that day. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's what we have for, for our lovely listeners out there today. Um, we thank you for our. Before before we wrap it up, I you know we've
0: got a game on Wednesday in the Champions League against uh, Ren.
1: So I just wanted to get your. I am uh, not kind of too familiar with that. Ren, but I am familiar with the fact that they do not have a goalkeeper anymore. Cause we purchased their goalkeeper, uh, and I think we purchased him <laughs> in the last minute. So I'm not sure. Uh, much about them. I, I you know, <laughs> seeing the Champions League group, I think we should be doing well. We did decently against Sevilla. We did okay against the, um, a Russian team that I'm not too familiar with. Same with Ren. I'm expecting this to be an opportunity for uh, morale building. So I would I would say uh, another 2-0. 2-0. Right. Um
0: Ren actually tied their first game against Krasnodar. Um, and then lost to Sevilla last week. So they're sitting bottom of our uh, Champions League group and come to the bridge this Wednesday. Um, and I think we will continue our positive run of form. Um, but I think Wren kind of pop or kind of take away oh, Mendy's okay. clean sheet record. All right. Um, so I well, either to, way, it's a win.
1: I'm okay with a win and moving in the right direction. So that'll yes. be good to to watch.
0: Yep, I agree. And then that'll kind of send us on our way to the Sheffield yep. game, and that's going to uh, be a big game
1: as well.
0: Yeah, they've they've been kind of having a very tough time. I think they have one point on the board, um, and they gave Liverpool couple of weeks ago a tough game they gave Manchester City last week a tough game, so um I'm expecting Chris Wilder to put up another tough game for us, but hoping we we win this game too so um i am and optimistically positive <laughs> uh the sheffield game
1: okay. I'm going to go conservative and nick a one nail as well, just just because the scrappy teams sometimes oh, have nice. a an ability <laughs> to kind of squeeze
0: us. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. at, and at home this season we've been kind of hit and miss. So, well, all right, my friend, I think that wraps up our first pod. Um, to our listeners out there, we'd love your feedback and um, connect with us on social media. Um, We'll be posting our um, handle for Twitter and Instagram, all that stuff, um, along with this pod. Yep, great. And we look forward to hearing from you. Take care. Bye.